and welcome to the week number seven edition of the Circa Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by Brett Colson as we run down our picks and plays and thoughts behind all the games going on in week seven and which five games end up making our card for the Circa Contest that has a million dollars guaranteed to first place. I think we're out of the running for that, but there are big quarterly prizes that are available as well, so we'll be shooting for one of those. Uh, if you are just joining us for the first time, maybe you don't know how this works, but we are in the Circa Millions Contest, and they provide the lines. They are fixed whenever they put them out, so any of the news that has happened over the course of the last couple of days do not affect where these lines are. They do not move. They are static, so when you hear us reference a line for a game during the podcast here and you're saying, wait a minute, that's that's not the line, that is actually the line that we have to play if uh, if we're going to play that game in this contest. So, Brett, we've already seen a few of these numbers move since Circa came out with the, the lines for the week here. But, uh, you know, I don't think anything really moves so much to where it would sway my opinion, but did at least want to put that out there for everyone. Yeah, there's a few that are on key numbers or off key numbers that are worth looking at, especially if you're playing in like multiple handicapping contest you might want to take a line on one contest and take the other uh or take a different game in a different in the other contest so um definitely worth looking at uh i think there were a couple that influenced uh some of my decisions here with circa yeah and we're recording this at about 1 30 pacific time on friday so again we have the f- most of the friday practice reports not all of them have come through so we are working with a little bit of limited information should anything change drastically these picks don't have to be submitted until saturday afternoon so uh, maybe we'll come off of one of these depending on uh, on what you know where to come down but the news that has come out is plentiful david johnson's questionable dd westbrook questionable geronimo allison and mvs both questionable for the packers Christian Kirk is questionable. We do have some good news if you are a Giants fan. Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram are both in. Todd Gurley is also going to play for the Rams. Sterling Shepard is out, however, for the Giants if you are looking to uh, have a reason to either either back them or fade them. Devontae Adams out for the Packers. Chris Thompson out for the Redskins. Tyrell Williams out for the Raiders. Malcolm Brown doubtful for the for the Rams and of course you know that basically means out for him and for the Saints a couple of big outs for them as well Jared Cook at tight end is out also Alvin Kamara is out for them as well Traquan Smith will also miss this one for the Saints in that same game Mitch Trubisky is questionable but apparently on the very good side of questionable and is probably most likely would would be probable if that was still a designation Brett Yeah, a lot to uh, a lot to look at. And, and I mean, you didn't even get into some of the, like the defensive players and the offensive linemen. That there's just so many question marks going into this week that I I had a hard time with a few of these games. And one of them is is on your card. So I'm I'm really curious to to, to dive into that one. Yeah, yeah. So let's uh, let's 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 do the damn thing here, and we'll see what is uh, we'll see what's going on. Let's start out with the one that is automatically going to make the card because we are on the same side here, and that is Colts minus one at home against the Texans. Brett, what made this get on your card here? I mean, I wanted to love this. If this was the game I looked at when the line first opened. I was like, I mean, I, I'm a Colts supporter. I've been a Colts supporter since, you know, August. I love this team, even without Andrew Luck. So I looked at this line. I was like, why isn't this, why isn't this Colts minus three? 
because these teams look similar to me. But there are injuries that concern me a little bit with the Colts. So I dropped them down a little bit. But this is just a great spot with a, a fantastic coach with extra rest, extra time to prepare against a coach who really isn't uh, all that impressive. Uh, there's nothing about Bill O'Brien that gets me excited about uh, the Houston Texans. So uh, I think they will find ways to stop this this Texans offense that has really just been tearing it up. I mean, they were just marched right over uh, the Kansas City Chiefs last week. And I think a lot of people are going to be looking at that win, which – in my mind, wasn't all that impressive against the Chiefs team that was shredded with injuries. So uh, kind of a stock high, uh, stock low situation here. Uh, I'm buying buying a little low on the Colts and, and selling on, on the Texans. I think it's a really good spot for them at home. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that we're that we're looking at from a Colts side here, and I, I guess this was uh, – I guess one of the things we will still have to monitor, as you mentioned, there there are a bunch of Colts players that will that are certainly, you know, making their way back from injury or may not play in this game. And that could, you know, certainly sway this thing one way or the other. That being said, they are coming off of a bye, which gave Marlon Mack and T.Y. Hilton a chance to get fully healthy, which I think is certainly uh, really good for this Colts team. Also, some of the defensive, some of the guys on the defensive side of the ball got a chance to get healthy over the bye week as well. I think we see some of these defensive starters return. And one of the things we talked about, uh, Brett, that was pretty, you know, pretty big from this Colts team. I and mean, we we talked about the offensive line and how good we thought that it has been. But this defense has actually been really good as well. And getting some of these injured players back here, I think, can only really help what we think about this team overall and the you know the overall way that we are kind of viewing this team here and I'm not really taking anything away necessarily from the Houston Texans but I will say this it hasn't always been pretty and it's been against some middling I would say middling at best wouldn't you say middling at best defensive teams for the for these oh, guys? Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, I mean, sure. like middling at best, and it still hasn't always been pretty for these guys. And so now they're going to face a real defense here, a defense that I think is uh, pretty damn good. A defense that if you watch with the eyeball test, maybe doesn't always grade out as pretty as as you would want. I know we you know, we reference pro football focus over here a lot and you know they don't think incredibly highly of this Colts uh, team as overall one of the things they do though value on this Colts team Brett is their pass rush and as we've seen Deshaun Watson if he has time man this team this this offense rolls and it just looks like it looks like how in the hell are you ever going to stop him but one of the things we've seen with him is if he's facing a lot of pressure and getting sacked and getting hit and having to run for his life back there he has been far, 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 far less effective. And this team as a whole, especially on the offensive side of the ball, has been far less effective. Yeah, and that's why I'm looking at this Justin Houston injury on that defensive line for the Colts. Did not, has not practiced all week. If he doesn't play, that's a huge loss. And that makes me nervous because they also don't have uh, Malik Hooker in the secondary. They don't have Kenny Moore in the secondary. They're, they're a, there's still a bunch of – I mean, even with the bye week, these guys are still not – practicing which is concerning but they do get uh Darius Leonard back I still think they're good enough on defense to get some pressure on Deshaun Watson and that you that's what you really have to do otherwise he has he has the weapons here to do some serious damage in yeah. a dome. 
This is, I'll admit, and it's funny that we both ended up on this one. This was actually my least favorite of the five that made the card for me. So it's uh, it's, it's pretty interesting that this both made our card uh, and, and it's going to be, it's going to make it because we both picked it, but it was my least confident of the five we had to pick this week. It's a great spot, but it makes me queasy because of all these injuries. Yeah, like, I, I like it. I'm glad it's on the card, but I'm going to be nervous watching this game on Sunday. Yeah. One of the things that I will say I'm not buying into, and a lot of people, I think there actually have been some people who've already brought this up this week as well. So I, we, we, we shit on, on trends and all these things all the time. And, you know, I've seen a bunch of people say like, oh, but T.Y. Hilton destroys this Houston team and stuff. It's like, all right, come on, guys. Like, let's, let's be for real. I mean, it's, it's T.Y. Hilton is now being thrown to by Jacoby Brissett. Okay, <laughs> right? like, 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 what are you doing with this? Oh, T.Y. Hilton destroys this Houston team. It's like, yeah, he had Andrew Luck at friggin' quarterback. All right, yeah, and like, there's like, yeah, different defensive players for the. I mean, different yeah. different cornerbacks defending him. Like, get out of here yeah, with that stuff. I know, I know. And and most of these Colts teams had horrible offensive lines, so there was no rush game to go to, like at all. So basically, they were throwing just a ton. I mean, if you remember, there was a couple of seasons there where Andrew Luck was like the minimum pass attempts was basically you could almost set the bar at like 45 attempts. And he was like getting up into the fifties, like fairly regularly, you know, and like they actually have Marlon Mack and a good offensive line this year. So I expect them to try to run the ball and actually have a little bit of success doing that as well. And yeah, just all these, all this nonsense noise, man. It's like, you can go in and you can make, you can make some sort of trend or narrative fit, whatever you want. If you're, if you're really trying hard enough, you, you can data mine long enough to make something come out to where you can spit some garbage, you know? Oh yeah, of course. That said, this Houston, Texas, uh, secondary is bad. They rank 26th in coverage according to BFF. So, uh, <laughs> this is another really good spot for TY. Yeah, definitely. No, no doubt about it. And I'm glad that Let's he's healthy. get those healthy. trends out of here. Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad he's healthy. So I, I do I do feel good about that as well. All right, so that will make the card. We will have Colts minus one at home against this Houston Texans team. Let's go to your must-make, which is pretty interesting because it is the one, one of the games I'm on the other side of. However, we are going to amend the rules here on the show. What's What good is having a must-make play if it actually doesn't make must-make the card? So even though I'm on the opposite side of this one, it will still make our card because, hey, Brett, what good is having a must-make if it doesn't must-make the card so there you Thank go you, buddy. it's going to make the card uh you have seahawks minus three i was actually on the other side here ravens plus three pretty interested to hear your your side of this one so i usually let the market and numbers uh dictate where i'm going in these handicapping contests but this one is more about on-field matchups for me this baltimore ravens team is not built to beat a defense like the one that seattle has this is a seahawks unit with elite linebackers who can spy on lamar jackson get good angles on running lanes, and wrap guys up. You have to be able to throw deep downfield against this team. And Lamar hasn't shown the ability to do that consistently. We only really saw that the first couple weeks against putrid defenses. Um, and this Ravens defense on the other side is not good. 20th overall in falling now without Tony Jefferson in that secondary. 27th in pass rush, according to PFF. So they're not getting any penetration uh, on, the, uh, you know, on the line to get to the quarterback. Russell Wilson, I think, should be able to carve these guys up. I wouldn't be surprised to see Seattle just route in this one. So I'm really glad the number is three. Uh, I, I would even like it at like four or four and a half. I think it's a few points off. I think the Seattle team at home is just th- that much better than Baltimore. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, um, I, I and I'll tell you why I ended up where I ended up on this one. Majority of this has to do with the fact that when you look at how the honestly, if this one were 
if I could play this one the way that I wanted to play this one, I would play. I would just play the total in this thing, right? I would play the over in this. Sure. I think that both teams. This. Uh, I think both of these defenses are pretty are pretty susceptible and and certainly I expect both of these offenses to be able to to put up points on the board so if I really if I really wanted to play this and how I wanted to play this and that's what that would be how it is but I'm not able to do that we have to play a side so it, it kind of is what it is here I mean if you look at yards per play which is a stat that I've really started to get dig way more into so far this year uh, Baltimore actually rates out better yards per play now they're basically dead even but still I mean just a slight uh, uptick for for Baltimore on yards per play. This offensive team has actually been, if you kind of look at the way that everything has played out, I mean, it's actually been one of the absolute better offenses in all of the the NFL. I mean, if you do buy into the PFS rankings, it's the number two overall offense in the entire NFL with uh, the pass ranked pretty highly as well. Pass blocking ranked really, really highly. Same th- same with receiving and run uh, and the rush offense as well. So, I mean, it's pretty much a very balanced team across the board here. Now, I, I know what you're saying whenever you're talking about the uh, the deep the deep pass here and certainly Lamar Jackson hasn't been the most accurate with that at all but still a lot of playmakers on this team I don't think it's that big of a deal that Hollywood Brown is you know doubtful in this game because he had one really good week which was week one and then he hasn't really done a whole bunch since and so it hasn't their success has not been predicated on Hollywood Brown having good games. I mean, it's a lot of this runs through their rush game. Obviously, the elusiveness of Lamar Jackson using his tight end and Mark Andrews, who has been very, very consistent. And look, I mean, Boykin can step into that role for Hollywood Brown. Not going to be that big of a deal. Willie Sneed's a veteran. He's not like a guy who's going to be a game breaker or anything like that. But he's certainly a veteran dude who's been in the league a long time. And uh, he actually re- led, led the team in routes run, actually, after after Hollywood Brown left that game. So they're going to have Willie Sneed on the field a lot for them as well in this thing. Yeah, so I I, um, I don't know. I actually think the Ravens I actually think the Ravens offense is going to find a lot of success against this Seattle defense, to be perfectly honest with you here. Um, a team that very poor tackling, very poor pass rush, has a bad coverage, uh, bad coverage grade as well. I mean, pretty much every, you know, pretty pretty much a lot of reasons that I think that they're going to have a lot of success here. I mean, I guess the the thing is, is in a game where I think it's going to be extremely high scoring, the spread's only at three, you know, does Seattle just end up outscoring uh, the Ravens here? And that could very well be the case because I think we're dealing with a couple of pretty bad defenses. Yeah, I'm with you. And I, you know, I think Baltimore will find ways to score for sure. I mean, they have a pass funnel. Mark Andrews should have a monster game here um, as you know, the, the Seahawks focus their attention on Lamar and the running game. So I, I actually think Marquise does make a pretty big difference just because of his ability to stretch the field. And, you know, you have to account for his speed on the outside. And so I think him being out does make a difference. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just I see this being a, a Seattle win. I, like you said, just outscoring Baltimore in a high scoring game. The other one that's going to make the card, my must make of the week, Bears minus three at home against the Saints. You guys just listened to this, and this was something I was kind of leaning towards anyway, but certainly after the news came out, uh, definitely something that I uh, wanted to make the card here. The Saints having to, one, have to hit the road and go and play, you know, outside in a outside of the dome where they, you know, they typically play much better anyway. But then on top of that, now you're down Camara. So look, you can say Latavius Murray is a serviceable, ba- serviceable backup. And I think that he is in the grand scheme of things when we're talking about backup running backs, Brett. But I mean, 
he is nothing like Alvin Kamara. And also what that does is for this defense, which is we know Bears defense is really good. Um, the they don't, it, one having to not focus and scheme around Alvin Kamara, where he's a guy that not only lines up in the backfield, but they'll line him up at slot, they'll line him up in the and actually wide out sometimes. Um, it, it, not having to account for all the different ways that they're going to do different things and try to get the ball in Alvin Kamara's hands, I think is just a massive, massive uh, upgrade for this Bears defense here. And yeah, the Saints have been winning, but they've been winning really, really ugly, and they've been winning really, really ugly against kind of suspect again against kind of suspect uh, teams along the way here. This Bears team having to having the uh, buy as well to kind of get things back together after a very weird loss over in London, kind of refocus on this Saints team here. Uh, I think this is where the Saints run good kind of just comes to an end. And I and I don't think that's anything that you can really say that's uh, bad against this Saints team. I mean, listen, it was just uh, they, they, fought, they fought hard. There was a little difficult uh, stretch here, which I think is – you know, this is probably the the culmination of that heading on the road to Chicago outdoors and um, without, you know, their be- their very best player. Yeah, at some point you just have to sell on the Saints. They won four in a row. When I did my capping on this game this week, I had Kamara playing. So I didn't have this one on my radar. Now that he's out, this is huge. Latavius Murray is a plotter. Kamara is, an, is just he's such an integral piece of this efficient offense and it has been really efficient even with Teddy. So you take him out of the picture and like, what, what, what is scaring the right. bears here besides that's, Michael Thomas? And that's the thing is like, I believe that if you're the bears and of course we're doing this whole assumption of rational coaching here, but if you're the bears and you look at this now, I mean, don't you just say, Hey, Michael Thomas is not going to beat us. And like, and, and that's, that's basically just what we're going to do. Like, don't you just double team Michael Thomas and then, and then make, like you said, the plotter Latavius Murray or one of these secondary receivers, which now that they don't have cook or Traquan Smith. So it's literally Ted Ginn and a bunch of nobodies. I mean, isn't that what you do if you're the bears here? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and look, the saints are one of the few teams who have an offensive line that can, kind of counter the bears pass rush and run defense, but they don't have the, they don't have the weapons here anymore. So this will be fun. So we have uh, three on the card, Colts minus one bears minus uh, bears minus three and Seahawks minus three. Now we get to try and talk our way into one of these, uh, one of these other games. Uh, I'll talk, I'll start with one of the ones that made my card and I think is a fairly, Fairly strong play here, but um, this might be the one that you said that you were were at least leaning towards the other the other side of here, which is the Eagles. And I do know that it looks like as we sit right now, we're not getting the best of this number. It looks as if like maybe this thing has moved a little bit, but uh, Eagles plus two and a half against the Dallas Cowboys. No, it's still two and a half over over at uh, over at DraftKings, and it looks like at FanDuel as well. So it's it's the same price. Um, this Cowboys team, look, I understand Amari Cooper says he's going to play, but I mean, this was a a deal where he was barely able to get out to practice on Friday and that was his first practice all week long. And he wasn't talking so much about the injury being better, but that the injury had quote unquote plateaued and it couldn't really get any worse is basically how he was framing this whole thing saying that, you know, he's going to, to, to give it a whirl out there, but you don't have Amari Cooper. So now you're number one guy is Michael Gallup and look this I'll I'll give this to you Brett this is something you were talking about earlier in the season with this Cowboys team 
was when everyone was talking about, hey, this Cowboys team might be a Super Bowl contender, you said, hey, I kind of want to pump the brakes and wait till they start to play people before we just go ahead and anoint these guys. And once they got into the part of their schedule that actually had a pulse, yeah, we saw exactly what happened here. And the, the wheels started falling off. You've got a coach here that's hanging on by a thread in this game and the Philadelphia Eagles are actually starting to get a little bit healthier here this is a team this Eagles team coming into the year a lot of people were talking about that they had Super Bowl aspirations and some of the people were talking about how this team could actually be a real Super Bowl contender and they just got bitten by the injury bug early and things were kind of but, but they were able to hold on here and they find themselves in a situation with a win here that puts them right in the driver's seat yet again. And you look at kind of how this team has been able to hold on considering all of these injuries. And I'm actually pretty and I'm actually pretty OK with it, even on the defensive side of the ball. We talk about the secondary and yeah, it, it certainly is bad, but. When it's not been that great on the defensive side of the ball for even Dallas. I mean, if you look at the the yards per play that defense that the defenses have given up, Dallas is at five four and Philly's at five seven. I mean, it's it's a it's a they've kind of been this Dallas defense. I think we maybe had a preconceived notion that it was going to be really good, but it just hasn't really been that good. And a lot of the offensive statistics are a little blown up because they've been trailing in a lot of games here recently. And so these Dak Prescott 400 yard games and stuff where, yeah, when he was in desperation, throw every single down mode. And so uh, for me, I like what I uh, I like what I saw on the offensive side of the ball. I think that this Eagles I think this Eagles team is going to be able to score on this Dallas Dallas team here. And really, it's all going to come down to the fact if they're going to be able to stop. Uh, if they're going to be able to stop Ezekiel Elliott, because we know the clapper just wants to continue to feed Ezekiel Elliott no matter what in this game. And so if, if Ezekiel goes nutso, well, you know, then it could be a uh, it could certainly be a bad it could be a bad scenario for this Eagles team. But I think they're going to when they do drop back to pass, they have a really good pass rush. This Eagles team, I think they're going to get after Dak Prescott, get in his face. And Dak Prescott has proven time and time again that Dak Prescott is not this like I mean, there's no there's no shock to me that whenever he was mentioning wanting 40 million dollars a year, that everybody was laughing in his face here. And I think he's gone ahead and proved that this year that. Yeah, I mean, you give these NFL guys time to throw and every one of them can look like superstars, but where these their butter is bread, uh, where, their, where their bread is buttered is what they can do when there's actually, you know, adversity here and, pa- and, and you know, Philly pass rush versus this kind of beat up offensive line for the for the Cowboys and Dak Prescott's pr- propensity to, uh, you know, miss wide open receivers whenever he's under pressure whatsoever kind of has me uh leaning to the Eagles fairly uh, fairly heavily. I got to be honest with you. I, I, got, I was fortunate enough to get this thing at three earlier. Uh, I, even down at 2.5, I'm still okay with it. So here's the thing. I don't know what this game is or who these teams are right now. Lyle, Lyle Collins, Tyron Smith, Amari Cooper participated in the practice on Friday, but were limited. I don't know what that means. I've been picking on this Cowboys team the past couple of weeks with those two tackles out because, like you said, Dak Prescott is not good at football, especially when he doesn't have protection. And those two guys, Smith and Collins, are the most important pieces of this offense as far as I'm concerned. If they're out or not close to 100%, especially against this defensive line, this pass rush, I'm with you. I think this is a great spot for the Eagles. Uh, and, and how do you beat the Eagles? You got to beat them through the air. And that's that's where I mean, we don't know what this receiving core looks like right now. Amari, questionable. Michael Gallup, limited practice today. Randall Cobb, limited practice. I, like, what is this? What is this offense going to look like? I have no idea. So, I mean, if, if these guys are beat up, as the practice report shows, 
I'm with you. I like the Eagles, but if they all play and the Cowboys are just kind of having fun with these practice reports, then I don't know. I don't know what this game is. Yeah, I um. All right, so we've 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 made a couple of cases. We've made a case here, so we'll just uh, we'll move on and see if maybe maybe this one makes a card, maybe it doesn't. Let's I think it's to- it's it's like one of those things. Maybe we, we talk about it a little, a little more inside on Saturday if more news comes out because I, I like. I want to like the Eagles here a lot, but it's just, there's just a lot of uncertainty. So you like the Falcons at home against the Rams. Uh, Falcons catching three points against this Rams team that has been embarrassed the last couple of weeks. Yeah, they're unraveling, and it keeps getting worse on the offensive line. They're starting left guard now, out for the season. Just imagine how bad his backup must be. This is one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL, both pass blocking and run blocking. Uh the offense just has no juice when Jared Goff doesn't have time to throw. Uh, he doesn't have any time in the pocket. They haven't been able to run the ball at all this year either, and that's where they really thrived last season, keeping defenses guessing. That hasn't been the case this year, and I think this is a really good spot for the, the Falcons to bounce back at home where Matt Ryan is just so much better uh, on his home turf. And, you know, I think this is a, a pretty good contest play too. I don't imagine a lot of people taking the Falcons here, a lot of – public bets coming in on the Rams. I don't know if sharp money is coming in on the Rams. I got to take a look at that, but I just see this as a really good contest play and a game that the Falcons just could, could win outright. Yeah. I, um, I guess this is is one of the again like if I could play this the way I I wanted to this would just be like a dead over right I mean like it's just this this both of these both of these uh, teams are are certainly competent enough to get rid of the I mean to 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 thrash these terrible defenses here I I don't know if the I don't know if the addition of Jalen Ramsey in week one him stepping out on the field having not played with these guys is going to just instantly like instantly impact uh, this this defense. And I just I don't know. I mean, I, I guess maybe it could. My thought here would be if you're if you're the Rams and it's since it's week one, do you really shadow him on Julio and like go that route? Or do you just stick him on like do you stick him on Ridley and then double team Julio. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you just do you try and take away Ridley with your with your new stud corner and then double team Julio? And then if that's the case and if, you know, which I think would be the smart way to go about this, if I were the Rams, that does kind of kill my expectations of what this Falcons team would be able to do here. And we all know that they are absolutely putrid on defense, maybe the worst defense in all of the NFL as we sit right now. So I guess my question to you here is, do you, do you think that this defense is going to be able to, to make enough stops here in order to, in order to prevent the Rams? Cause I mean, I, I know that you don't think, I know you don't think very highly of the way the Rams are right now. And certainly with the offensive line situation and, and certain things like that. But I mean, we're talking about like, we're talking about like a coverage grade that is that is like, you know, it's not last. The Giants are last, but second to last in the entire NFL, like the the Dolphins and Bengals rate out as better coverage grades than this Atlanta Falcons team. And you do have I mean, you know, there's still a ton of weapons on this Ram side. I mean, do, do you think they're going to be able to to stop this Rams team enough to be able to to, to win this game? I do, because the one thing they have done reasonably well is 
rush the passer. I think they have a 71 pass rush grade on PFF, which ranks around the middle of the league. So they have been able to get some pressure on the quarterback, and that's how you beat this Rams team. That's where they have been exposed all year long. I think you know Grady Jarrett in there leading the way. Uh, I do expect them to be able to, to be able to get to golf enough to where he can't make the throws that he needs to make against this. You're right. This this secondary is just awful. I mean, if 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 Goff does have time in this game, he's going to pick apart this secondary, and that is a concern. But I think the defensive uh, the defensive front is good enough against this awful Rams offensive line that they'll be able to make some stops and maybe enforce some turnovers. Yeah, I wanted to, and I'll be perfectly honest. Like I wanted to like the Falcons in this situation. I really did. Um, I, I wanted to to like them here, and for whatever reason, it just. I keep going back to the fact that I've watched a lot of these Falcons games strictly because not only have I had action on them one way or the other, but also seems like they're always pretty good DFS environments as well. So I've had uh, a lot of action on that as well that I've watched a lot of these things and I just can't shake watching this team just get letting any team they play just absolutely annihilate them. You know, I mean, like that's that's my biggest problem is it like it's not just it's not just good teams or, or, or whatever that's getting to this Atlanta Falcons team. It's literally every single team that they've played that they are getting just gashed against every single week. And so that's what I can't get out of my head is if I want to sit here and say, yeah, well, you know, it's like, hey, they're they're you know, they, they played X, Y, and Z, but I mean, we're talking about, you know, we're talking about the Titans. We're talking about the Cardinals. We're talking about, you know, the, the, the Vikings and Eagles and stuff. I mean, like we're, we're talking about a bunch of teams that have just been able to have their way with this Falcons team. I I don't know. I mean, is it, I guess where it comes down to this is like, do you expect this to be do you expect this just to be like an outright win for the Falcons? Because, I mean, this isn't one of those type of games where the points are going to play into it. Because, I mean, I mean, like, it's sitting at three points. This, If the Falcons win this game, they're probably just going to win this game handily. Yeah. I, I don't see this, like, being, like, a close game, you know, or whatever situation. So, like, you, you, you can see this being a situation where the Falcons just kind of, like, win this game at home just kind of handily outright against this, this Rams team? Uh, yeah, I think that's in the range of outcomes. I, I do. I, I don't think... I don't think they will. I think it will be kind of close, but I, I do like them, uh, the like money line here. Um, you mentioned the the Titans and the Cardinals. Those two teams have pretty good offensive lines. That's the that's the difference here that I see between those two teams and the Rams. If you can get to the Rams in the pass in the pass rush, that changes everything. And I think they will be able to do that enough. All right, all right. My uh, my last one here that made my card was Vikings point and a half here. And this is strictly just based off of what I had this game and what the line is is currently sitting at, because I had this one at three, and this is Vikings one and a half. And if I'm getting a whole point and a half here from way the way that I saw this uh, game being spread, I mean, look, I, I like the lines and I think they're fine, but this uh, this again, when you look at this Vikings team, and I've been wrong on this Vikings team a couple of times so far this year, but one of the things that we have that we at least have nailed. I think you and I have nailed pretty good so far this year is if Kirk cousins has time to throw, then this team's actually pretty dangerous because they, uh, the, you know, obviously two stud horse wide receivers and Kirk cousins, if he has time to throw, actually throws a pretty good deep ball and actually is, uh, is it's what it's really weird when you look at Kirk cousins statistics in a lot of these, 
when you break these things down, he's actually been a I've ragged on the guy as much as anyone, but he's actually been a pretty damn good NFL quarterback whenever you all things considered, like whenever you really kind of dig in to uh, to how these uh, to how these games are going. And listen, the certainly the coverage grade for the Lions is pretty good. But that being said, I mean, you you can only cover one of these guys, right? I mean, they're not going to be able to cover uh, both of these guys. And that's the one of the big advantages that the uh, that the, the, the Vikings really have here. And you're looking at a mediocre Lions rush defense as well. And we know Dalvin Cook is going to uh, we know Dalvin Cook is certainly going to be able to do whatever Dalvin Cook, you know, they're going to feed him however many million times, you know, in this game. So uh, he, he's going to have his he's going to have his as well. And frankly, I mean, just a point and a half just seems too short for me. I mean, I think this is a field goal three and a half type point game here. And, uh, you know, you give me the extra two points from what I see kind of in my in my in my mind here. And I'm going to take that, you know, nine times out of ten. This is a weird one because it's it's Vikes on the road, but it's in a dome where Cousins is just he's just better. I, like I, I like fading this Vikings team when they're on the road outside and they're, and they're not really traveling either. I mean, this is right down the road. This is just a bad matchup for the Lions, like you said. I kind of threw this one away because the number's weird, and it's like, do, do I want to take the Vikings off that win? Because you know that's kind of baked into this, and the Vikings and the Lions off a loss. It's just, it's a weird spot, but I get it. Like, it's this should be Vikings definitely should be the right side here. Yeah, it just if you kind of really look, if you kind of really look at how everything, if you kind of really look at how everything breaks breaks down here. I mean, for me. If and, and, and it basically comes down to what we've said with a couple of these different games here, but do I feel like this Lions team is going to do, cause enough distress where Kirk Cousins look like looks like Kirk Cousins has looked in a couple of these games where we've seen him do that? And my, you know, the way that I look at this and the way that it breaks down and the way that the the advanced metrics and statistics say is that no, they're not going to be able to do that, you know, and I th- that they are not going to be able to to get in there and really disrupt what he's able to do. And if he's if you can leave Kirk Cousins in the pocket and you give him time to throw, he is going to find Diggs or Thielen. It's just going to happen. I mean, he's been doing it. Uh, he's done it several times this year whenever they have been able to keep him upright and when he hasn't had to, you know, scramble and run and, and you know, f- run for his life. And so um Again, I think the number's too short here, and the way that I see it playing out is a, a game that's just really favorable to the way that the Vikings want to to play football here in the year of our Lord 2019. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's how I see that one. That's my case for that one, but I'll let you make uh, the case for your last one here, which is Packers minus five, which is pretty interesting given all of the injury concerns and injury news around this Packers team. Yeah, I had four games that I absolutely loved this week. Uh, this was kind of the fifth one that kind of fell out of it. The other game I really loved was the Titans. But oh, I'll, that's I'll right. That's about, right. That's right. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, a, that's the on Titans, the list as well. Yeah, the Titans is the one I, I would rather have on the card. I don't know where you land on that one. But I've, I've been on the Titans the last couple of weeks, so I'm, I'm not hopping off of them now when their stock is at its absolute lowest. They actually have a real home game this week. Two weeks ago, they were at home, but Bills fans invaded that stadium, and it was essentially a neutral site game for the Titans. And this week, they got the Chargers coming in, uh, uh, traveling across the country, and you know none of their fans are traveling. So this is a real home game for the Titans. And look, I think this Tennessee squad is decent. They're 10th in overall defense, according to PFF, 10th, according to Football Outsiders. 
Ryan Tannehill taking the reins? I mean, is he going to be the savior they need to start winning football games? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, it can't get any worse at this point. I like the change of quarterback here. Shake things up a little bit with this offense. They have playmakers in the passing game. Start moving the ball through the air with Corey Davis and A.J. Brown. Two legit options in the passing game. And the Chargers are just a bad football team. And, like, do you think that this team is inspired after playing at home in front of a stadium filled with Steelers fans last week? I mean, I get these guys are playing for paychecks, but culture matters when you're trying to actually win in the NFL. And there's just no way the Chargers are in the right mindset right now. They're two and four. All the, uh, you know, the high expectations coming into the season, it has to feel like a wasted season at this point. So I, I like the Titans quite a bit here. L.A. can't get anything going with this offense. There's no push up front with that offensive line. Uh, the running game hasn't gotten going. And the protection for Rivers is bad. So I expect a pretty low scoring game here, but I, I like the number quite a bit for the home team yeah i um i don't hate this one to be perfectly honest with you um i am actually fairly okay with this one if we're if we're uh if we're being perfectly honest i think that there is (laughs) it's so weird to say that like that that this number is is short for you know a, a game against from the titans against this I mean, you know, Chargers team, like you said, a lot of people were picking to win the Super Bowl. Now, to be fair to the Chargers, there's they've been they have the worst luck with injuries maybe of any team in in all the league. I mean, like they just can't keep key players healthy. And when that happens in the NFL and you, you lose so many of your studs, then, yeah, things go wrong here. I guess my question in this one would be how do how do the Titans score? I guess that is my biggest question in this thing, because I understand the defense is good. And I think that the defense will certainly do enough to limit the production of the chargers. I just don't have any faith in the Titans to actually get on the board. I think the defense could play amazing and the Titans could still lose 10 to six. You know what I'm saying? possible I, I, think, <laughs> I, I think they can do some damage on the ground this week though this Chargers pass our run defense has been bad Brandon Meebane uh, has not practiced this week they don't have El- Melvin Ingram he's more of a pass rusher but still I mean you got very important pieces of this defense still out and I think I, I think they can definitely win this game running the football and I'm hoping to see Tannehill open it up open it up a little more through the air with like I said, some some really good young talent at wide receiver that we have not seen really break out yet. So that I do think they will be able to move the ball. I don't like I said, I don't I don't expect a ton of points in this game, but uh, I think they could score enough. All right, so I don't hate that one, and that one certainly I think uh, uh, certainly of in in the pool here that could end up making the card. The last one you have is Packers. Minus five, of course, Packers with the news. Devonta Adams is going to play. Geronimo Allison, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, questionable as well. So just tons of question marks kind of around where this Packers team sits. Yeah, and that is that is definitely a concern given what we saw uh, from this offense on Monday night. That was that was pitiful. The, like, the guys that Aaron Rodgers is throwing to are just really bad. Uh, but I do think this is a pretty good spot to sell some stock on the Raiders, even though they did get extra rest. Uh, and I would like to buy a little on the Packers who did not deserve to win on Monday night. Everyone watched that. I think people that I mean, that's kind of 
stuck in people's minds right now, and they're kind of looking away from the Packers. I, I mean, I, I see a lot of uh, bets coming in on the Raiders, which I find super interesting given where these two teams were just a few weeks ago. Uh, like Aaron Rodgers has nobody to throw to, but neither does Derek Carr really. And, and facing this defense in Lambeau is scary for a guy who is at best an average quarterback, doesn't have receivers who are going to get open, able to, to to make to get any separation. Uh, I think even with the scarcity of playmakers here for Rodgers, this is a far better team than what Oakland is putting on the field. So I'm sticking with the team that I've got all all my preseason futures action on. Uh, I'm taking Green Bay minus five. I don't love the spot, but I think with the way the market is is reacting to Green Bay and Oakland right now, I think it's a pretty good spot for Green Bay in a in a capping contest. Yeah, it's so weird. I mean, there is injuries on the there's injuries on the on the uh, on the Raiders side as well. Tyra Williams is not going to play for them. Of course, he is the de facto number one there after the whole Antonio Brown debacle. So he is was the number one guy there. They did trade for Zay Jones. Uh, a guy that you know oh actually boy. fairly well. I mean, I know he didn't live up to expectations in in Buffalo, but again, there were there's there have been quarterback issues. Certainly, have been passing issues in Buffalo for the majority of his time there. I mean, from what you saw from him and everything like that. I mean, do you think that's? I guess let's 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 do it this way. Um, do you believe that there could be a career resurgence with the change of scenery and having what we assume, not that we're the highest on Derek Carr in the whole wide world, but that he is a, that he will, they, he will have the most competent quarterback that he's had in the NFL. I suppose in the right system and maybe, you know, him becoming, I mean, he's the name might be the number one guy, uh, wide receiver in that offense within a couple of weeks here. So maybe some confidence, uh, will do it for him and, and having a quarterback who can actually get him the football, but he, he's he, like, the skills are there, but he has like his hands are terrible and he just I don't think he really understands how to play wide receiver. He just looks lost out there a lot. So I I'd have to see it a little bit. He did have flashes last year, but um, it's not a guy I'm really scared of if I'm a, uh, opposing defense. I will be perfectly honest. I don't have any opinions on this game whatsoever because <laughs> I it was the very first game that I scratched off of the card this week because with all the question marks surrounding both of these teams, I just was like, man, I, I just wanted to throw my hands up in the air and say, I, I don't know what the hell to do with this. I mean, if none of these guys end up playing for the Packers, which I think is at least possible, then, you know, you are talking about a receiving core of of Alan Lazard and and, you know, two other guys. I mean, he, they signed Ryan Grant off the street like on Tuesday, you know, and like he would have to be thrust into action like right off the bat for this Packers team and whatever. So like, you know, even against uh, even against the Raiders, I think that there's that's a pretty huge disadvantage. And I guess the other thing that I thought about here was just the fact that it would not surprise me, and I'll ask you, I'll pose you this question since it's on the opposite side of which way you uh, wanted to play this game. I mean, would it surprise you if Jacobs goes out there and runs for 130 yards in this game and the and and, and basically the Packers aren't really able to do enough with their hodgepodge of receivers to, you know, cover of a, a five-point spread here? I mean, I think that that is certainly... I think that's certainly probably something that I would consider almost more likely than than not. I'm not really worried about that. I mean, defensive coordinator Mike Patton for the Packers, he said before the season that they they kind of want to create a funnel where teams can run on them. They don't want to get beat in the passing game. 
if I'm him, I'm not really worried about being beat in the passing game in this game. I'm more worried about the running game and Jacobs and this offensive line just kind of moving mountains for him. So I think they're going to focus a little more on the rest on the rushing game in this one. I'm not, I'm not all that concerned about Jacobs. So, you know, you look at the the numbers here and yeah, the Packers rank near the bottom of the league in, in rush defense, but I think there's a reason for that. It's because they, they refuse to be beaten in the passing game. And uh, I think that that's something they'll, they'll shift their attention to in this one, I think. All right. So those are the games we have considered this week. I will tell you on, on your side of things, I think I guess the one that I like the most would be the Titans. And I know that's gross to say, and it makes me feel really <laughs> gross to say. But, um, you know, there's just a lot of things going wrong with this Chargers team right now. It is them having to try to get things back on track on the road, which I also believe is a, you know, a fairly daunting task for this team. And there's really nothing that would point me to believe that. This is any sort of Chargers team here. Again, like I mentioned when we were given the spiel, my only concern is can the Titans score enough, basically, because that's my only that's really my only concern here. I could definitely see, um, you know, this being maybe the most maybe the ugliest game of the whole season. You know, like I could definitely see this being like one of the ugliest games of the whole year where we're sitting here going like, oh, my God, I can't believe it's six to three with five minutes left in the fourth quarter. Oh, that's possible. I mean, <laughs> let me ask you this: Like, would you feel better with Mariota here or Tannehill? I think it's interchangeable. Do you? I mean, yeah. like, I, I don't think that there's a, I don't think that there's a, a downgrade at all going to Tannehill because you know me. We talked about this on the season preview pods. I, I thought that the Titans were the team that was going to, uh, have the wheels fall off. You know, like I thought this was when they were absolutely going to crash and burn this year. I'm the biggest. I was the biggest Mariota hater and have been for the last two years. And to see him get benched is I'm not going to say feels good, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Like every, every now and then you like to be right about something. So well, yeah, uh, it was inevitable. I mean, he's like Mariota's bad. Yeah. And that, I, not that Tannehill's good, but you, right. I think you have to make this change. You have to like shake things up and try to get something going with this passing game. I mean, it's the, it's the situation basically that you never really want to say, but you just have to say it sometimes. And that's just, it can't, be any worse you know it's like it just it can't get any worse you don't want to have to cap a game by saying like well this team can't be worse than it is anyway but you know but that's kind of how you look at this one you know and and that so that would be the one that I like the most on your side do you do you like either one of the ones that were left over on my side it was it was Eagles plus two and a half and Vikings minus a point and a half there's there's just uh, I, I want to like the Eagles. I just don't know. I, I don't know yet. <laughs> like, I don't know what this Cowboys team is. Um, if I feel like they are really hurting, though, I feel like that team is just not going to look like itself with all of these. I mean, there's a lot of limited practices here, but like, these, they get the, the, two, the two tackles haven't played in two weeks. So like, what are they what are they doing? So let's, so let's talk know. about two other games then that I think are going to probably draw a significant amount of interest. And so let's uh, let's see what we think about those in ju- just just for the hell of it here. And then, you know, if we want to go back to these other ones, first being the Giants and Cardinals uh, Giants favored by three at home. The Giants do get back Saquon Barkley. They do have Evan Ingram. There is really no way to go about this. And this is something we know just from the DFS world. But you look at the you can look at the statistics and. 
tight ends have just destroyed the Cardinals so far this year. Every single tight end has had just a massive game against this Cardinals team here. Cardinals do have to go on the road, going across the country to play the Giants. The Cardinals do get back Patrick Peterson, which I think is a pretty interesting situation for a Cardinals defense that we have repeatedly said we should pick on and there's you know just is going to equal points all over the place but getting back one of the premier corners in all the league can certainly uh heal a defense uh fairly quickly what 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 was your thoughts on this on this game initially when you were looking at it i thought this was a really fair line like gun to my head i like the cardinals because they do get their premier uh cornerback back and kyler's looking really good I mean, he, he he continues to get better every single week, and this is a great matchup for him with this defense. Um, on the other, but I mean, this it's like the same thing on the other side. Like, why can't why can't Daniel Jones and, and Saquon just carve up this Cardinals defense? Right. So this kind of you know I, I didn't really know which way to lean on this one. I, I think I you know if if I had to pick one, it's definitely the Cardinals. But it, I thought this was a perfect line. Three forecasting here. My guess is, one, that this is one of the more popular games of the week, and two, that is nearly split right down the middle. That's my guess on this one. That I think you can make a compelling case for both sides in this one, which is when I do that, it's typically games that I'm going to lay off of. Because as you you mentioned, like I can certainly see Kyler Murray going out and having one of the better games of his young career here against this very piss-poor giant secondary. And then at the same time, I mean, who's to say that that yeah yeah okay Patrick Peterson comes back but hasn't seen game action in in six weeks and then also on top of that he can still only cover one guy right I mean like the Giants at least are kind of multifaceted with Saquon with Evan Ingram and and whatnot so I mean yeah it's it's pretty interesting I guess when you look at it that way yeah I don't really have uh, enough conviction on either one of these and I think the other one that people are going to play. One side or the other here, especially with the hook being added, is this Jaguars-Bengals game. Jags are favored by three and a half on the road at the Bengals. I think with the hook being on there, it's going to be tempting enough to play the Bengals in this game. I think there's going to be some Bengals backers. Really? See, I think the Jaguars are going to be one of the more popular teams, even with that number. I think a lot of people are going to look at this game and be like, why aren't the Jaguars like set minus seven? I don't know. I mean, I guess it just depends on how many people watched that game last week because, I mean, they looked so incredibly bad that, I mean, they looked out, I mean, completely out of sorts, could not do anything whatsoever. And I don't know if people really have bought in on the fact that the Saints have a pretty damn good defense. I don't know if people are really because when you hear people talk about the Saints, they don't really talk about this defense all that much. Yeah, no, they're good. I mean, that's yeah. that's a really good football team. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. So did this one did, did did this one kind of even come close to making the card or, or no? This was like a this was more of a game theory spot for me because I I really I th- I thought the Jaguars would be one of the more popular plays. If you think sharp action is going to come in on the Bengals with this number, then I kind of lean away from Cincinnati. But I, I thought this was a pretty good spot in in, in the contest for for Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, it's fairly, I don't know. I mean, I guess they're bad. I mean, they're really bad. They are. (laughs) They are really, really bad. They are. But I'm not really scared off by this Jacksonville team either. I mean, you know, they don't have Ramsey anymore. This defense just it's it's like it's it's not the same as it was a few years ago. I actually think they are rated. If we look, I think they are. Yes, they are dead last 
in rush defense according wow. to according to uh, DVOA. So if we look at DVOA statistics, they are the dead last rush defense in all of the NFL. And listen, the one thing that has not happened so far this year is there's not been a Joe Mixon get right game. And so maybe if there's ever, hmm. I mean, I don't know if we believe if we believe that this offensive line can do enough to have there be a Joe Mixon get right game, but you would certainly think that the, you know, dead last defense DVOA against rushing would at least lend to maybe him having a fairly good game, like a pretty good game. And maybe that takes some of the pressure off of, you know, Dalton and everyone else and, and, and all that. Like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, just, we're just trying to make some, you know, we're trying to make a case for the devil here, essentially, because the Bengals are, I mean, very well could be actually the worst team. They really could be the worst team in in the league because at least yeah. the Dolphins, at least the Dolphins just have no talent. Like at least like you can look at the Dolphins and be like, yeah, I mean, they're the worst, but they don't have any damn players. Like there's no there's no talent there. You can look at the Bengals and kind of say like, well, I mean, they've got some talent. It's just they can't do why anything. Are they, why are they, why are yeah. they so bad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you can at least say like, eh, well, you know, I mean, they they have some talent. Why are they so bad? Which in my eyes almost makes them them worse. But sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what do we? This one was so, this one was eighth on my list this this week. So it wasn't same. that incredibly far off. Same. I had them right below, like right outside my top five. I think it's I think it's a sharp play in a contest. I this is not a game I would bet on ever, but you know we're trying to win a contest here. I think it's I think it's a pretty good one. To hell with it then. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. Man. Let's go. Bengals three and a half. Then I mean we can always we can always get one of those uh, weird Andy Dalton. Uh, we can always get one of those weird Andy Dalton comebacks, you know, like the the, the backdoor covers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like he just lines up and just slings it all over the field and they score garbage ass touchdown and then we cover, you know, I mean, and that's it's Minshew as a road favorite. I mean, come on. And so and then also if we I mean, if if we believe in kind of like the, the handicap of this game, I mean, so in theory, the Bengals should attack this Jacksonville team through the rush game. We know Jacksonville wants to run with Leonard Fournette. He gets about 40 touches a game, it seems like. So when games are slowed down like this and there's, you know, the clock just tick, 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 there's there's not a lot of opportunities for for these games to get out of hand as well, right? So, like, right. we should always kind of have our cover at least in sight. Like, even if it's not, even if it's not there for us, like, at halftime or in third quarter, it, it it should never th- truly kind of get out of realm for us to be able to to get there, you know? And look, like you said, Dalton is one of the backdoor heroes in this league. So that is always an option. Late fourth quarter. They might be out of it. They might be down by 10. Brings them back. They lose by three. I like it. All right. That makes the card. And like you said, maybe this will be a good maybe this will be a good game theory kind of play here. Maybe that maybe like it is. Maybe people, you know, maybe people do give the Saints a lot of credit and they're just going to kind of look at that look at that game this this past week is just an aberration because like, Hey, the saints are five and one and you know, they, yeah. And yeah. I, th- I think people are looking at this Bengals team being like, yeah, they might be the worst. Why are they only getting three and a half? Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Right. Okay. I like it. And look, then that's a, you know what, then this is fine. Let's go ahead. And, and like I said, I don't, I didn't hate the Titans play. It's on your card. You really liked it. The other ones for me were just kind of there. The, the, the plays were just kind of there. So I don't, uh, I don't think it's a situation where I need to uh, really, you know, fight for any of these. I have my own, 
I have my own uh, individual entry in the contest, so I'll uh, I'll likely be playing the, the the Vikings minus a point and a half and the Eagles plus yeah. two and a half. But um, that's uh, that's okay. So we'll go we'll go Titans minus two in what might be our most uh, the ugliest card we've ever put in ever. But hey, it's uh, it's going to be okay. Colts minus one, Bears minus three, Seahawks minus three, Bengals plus three and a half. And the Titans minus two. We are backing two terrible, terrible teams. We are backing one team that looked like they didn't have anything going for them whatsoever in their last game. But we'll chalk that up to a London game. And, uh, you know, we all we we both were like, yeah, and it's probably our least confident game in the Colts minus one. So this ought to be a hell of <laughs> this ought to be a hell of a week then, Brett. I'm thinking, this you know, is I a, mean, given what's happened so far, I yeah. feel like this has to be the five and a week. Right? Yeah, yeah. This is the get right week for us because we. We, we did have like, a winning week last week. That was good. We did. We yeah, did we have did. A, we did have a winning week last week. That was good. So we're kind of getting back on the uh, on the right track here. We are now knotted at four games apiece that we have been on the opposite sides of. So uh, no, neither one of us knows anything, and uh, <laughs> and we do we, we at least have a tiebreaker this week because yeah, we uh, Seahawks and Ravens were on the opposite side of that one. So guys, appreciate you listening. Of course, you can find a uh, full game breakdowns over at thelines.com and over at playpicks.com. We'll have the Sunday night football video monday night football video as well over on the play picks youtube channel so be sure and subscribe to that thing all of the content that we do everything we do is absolutely free so be sure and take advantage of that and if you're located in any of the states that have currently allowed for online sports betting be sure and head to the lines and play picks as well and take a look at the sportsbook offers we have there because Brad, I keep telling people this. It's like if you live in these states, because I didn't get any of this stuff in Nevada because there was no competition whenever they came out and they weren't trying to, you know, vie for your business and all that. The fact that these companies are giving you free money and free bets and all of these like massive sign up bonuses and all the stuff like that, like you've got you have to take advantage of these things. I mean, it is it is just such, such, such EV positive EV to let them let you make a five hundred dollar free bet for them to give you a hundred dollar bonus for them to just give you a free twenty five dollars to bet with like all of this stuff. You just you have to take advantage of these offers. And we we really do have the very best offers on all the Internet. Yeah, sign up for all of them. Try them out. Play through your bonus and then decide if you if you want to be loyal to one book, if you want to have all your action on one book, then decide where you want to go. I mean, we always uh, we always tell people that they should be shopping around and looking for the best lines, but there you know, there are people out there who just want to have one sports book that they want to use. I highly recommend just trying all of them out, playing through these bonuses and then deciding after that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're going to end up liking one app better than another app, or you're going to like one the way that one team allows you to do this or that. I mean, one, one side allows you to do this or that a little bit better, and you'll, you'll have your favorites, but certainly uh, take the free money. Just just take it from me. Take the free money. They're going to give it yeah. to you. If they're going to give it to you, by all means, sure, certainly uh, take advantage of it for sure. Uh, all right, guys. Thanks for listening. For Brett, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week.